I all of a sudden felt a rush of severe guilt and severe panic that I think I've actually put myself in a big hole here. I felt embarrassed that I couldn't have gone into the dealership and made a smarter choice. And I tried to call the dealership up and say, hey, would you guys take this car back? And I think the guy laughed at me on the, over the phone. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hello, my financial grown-up friends. Making your first really big purchase is really exciting, but it's also a reality check. That is what you are hearing in the voice of Philip Taylor, known to many of his fans as PT Money. He later went on to start a huge money content conference called FinCon, which we'll talk about later. Welcome to the podcast to everyone. We keep it to about 15 minutes because you're busy. We're focused and intentional in bringing you a money story and a lesson from that money story. And then we'll always give you what I call an everyday money tip and specific ways that you can put it all to work in your life. All right, so let's get to PT's story. It is about buying his first car. But as you will hear, it is also about learning that even if you are legally an adult, you sometimes have to be humble and make that call to your dad. I was able to connect with PT at Podcast Movement in July, so you're going to hear a little bit of that in the background. Here is PT. Hey, Philip Taylor, a.k.a. PT, a.k.a. PT Money. You're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Bobby. It's great to be here. This is an honor for me because we are approaching year three for me of your venture, FinCon, which is a big conference for money people. Tell us quickly about it, and then we're going to get to your money story. Yep. It's a digital marketing conference for people who talk to people about money. So if they're out there, whether they're the Dave Ramsey type or the Susie Orman type, if they're reaching people with a financial message, we like to have them at the event and show them how to do it better. And you're going to show us how to do buying a her better. Tell us your money story. Yeah, my money story is this. When I was, let's see, 22, 23, left college. Thought I was a big time uh, college graduate with my new career. What was in, your new career? Uh, in accounting. So I was going to go work for a big, one of the big financial firms, big accounting firms. My salary was 33000 And through college, you know, my parents had mostly helped me out with, with a lot of the financial expenses. I had took out some student loans to help me out with some of the college. So for the most part, I hadn't really managed my own money yet. But you were an accounting But I was an accounting. Just to be clear. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I knew some of the high finance stuff at that point, but I didn't know really how to handle my own money. And I was kind of naturally a spender. So left for the new job, thought I had this big paycheck coming in and I I could, and the world was mine, right? And And what were your other, were you paying rent? What else was going on financially with you in terms of your overhead? Were you living with mom and dad? No, I moved into an apartment with some buddies. You know, I was at least splitting, I guess, rent with some friends, but it was the nicest apartment in town because here we were big time college grads now. We could afford it all, right? And the next thing I wanted to do was run out and buy a brand new car, like a brand new SUV. I think that it was the Mitsubishi Montero Sport had just come out. And it was this brand new SUV and it was 1999. So that dates me a bit, but <laughs> it was like this beautiful vehicle that I thought now I had earned the right to go buy, you know? Okay. And so I kind of just blindly went down to the dealership. Now, did you bring your buddies? Did you bring a family member, anyone? Nope. 
I, the ego was there and I was like, I, I'm going to count it. You know, my dad's a CPA. I can go figure this thing out. So you did the research that you knew what car you wanted, but anything on pricing, financing, anything. Nope. I didn't, I didn't do my any, young accountant. Yeah, I did none of that. I literally went down to the dealership thinking I'll just work it out when I get there. I think my buddies and I were going to go on a trip the next weekend. And so it was in my mind that I would have this SUV by the time we went on this trip. I left my old car there for whatever they were going to give me for it. Did you negotiate that? I didn't even negotiate that. No. So I just, you negotiated nothing? Nope. I took okay. what they were giving me on that. I took the interest rate that they were going to give me. Which was? Uh, somewhere between 9 and 12%. So it was ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I was being taken to the cleaners totally. And what was the price of the car? Uh, I don't remember that. I think it was somewhere around 32000 something so like that. So your yearly salary, which you do remember, yep. was 33000 You went out and bought a $32,000 car. Yeah, yeah. Brand new. You don't really remember the actual price of the car. You don't remember the actual interest rate. You didn't negotiate anything. But you had a fancy car and you were in the nicest apartment in town. That's it. That's Looks it. Looks good. All right. And you're going on a trip. <laughs> That's Continue. right. Continue. Yes. <laughs> so I get home and I, we're getting ready for a trip. And then I start realizing what insurance is going to be for me. And uh, because I was a young guy, I guess, and not married yet or not a homeowner yet, insurance on this new Montero Sport was going to be just absolutely through the roof. And so when I started putting it all together, the car payment, the what insurance. What was the car payment? Uh, it was somewhere around $400, I think, four or $500. What was your monthly take-home pay? Um, 33000 divided by 12, whatever that is. I don't know. It was not much. I hope you paid taxes, too, so it wasn't quite right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so all in all, yeah. I was going to be probably spending close to at least a third of my take-home pay on this whole car experience, if not more. So overburdening myself. How did for you sure. feel? I all of a sudden felt a rush of severe guilt and severe panic that, okay, I've, I think I've actually put myself in a big hole here. I felt embarrassed that I couldn't have gone into the dealership and made a smarter choice and negotiated it a little better. And so, yeah, I felt, I guess, a sense of the immediacy of owning this thing was now fading and, you know, I, I, was, I was feeling bad. So what did you do? At that point... I tried to call the dealership up and say, hey, would you guys take this car back? And I think the guy laughed at me on the, over the phone. And I didn't even then attempt to go down there. I was like, well, what can I do now? I can't really afford this thing, so I can try to, should I try to sell it on the secondary market? And that would be foolish. I knew enough to know that. And so I just felt I was at the end of the rope. So I called my dad. And here I am, this 22-year-old, big ego, new college grad at the end of the day, calling dad for a bailout. And I said, dad, what do I do in this situation? And luckily dad is able to call up the dealership and somehow spin his magic and convince them to take the car back from me. I do remember one thing about this is that it was a thousand dollar down payment that I put down because that's pretty much what I lost in this whole process. So they took the car back and I didn't know any payments anymore, but I did lose my thousand dollars. And they gave me my old Saturn back that was paid for and I drove my Saturn for the next five years proudly. I swore going forward that I would own my financial life going forward, and I would never rely on someone else to kind of help me out. But then I also studied up on actually how to buy a car, and uh, you know I actually learned how to do it right. And so the next one I bought, you know, I used some some smarter tactics there. So. Give us a lesson for our listeners. What is the takeaway from that? Yeah. Number one, 
you need to absolutely have the price of the car pretty much nailed down before you even walk into the dealership. The retail price or the price that you are willing to pay? The price that you are willing to pay okay. and what other people are buying that car for. And so we have all kinds of tools out there these days that will let you research that, whether it's an Edmunds.com or a TrueCar.com. Those services will uh, allow you to kind of research what people are actually buying cars for on the public market. And so you really need to kind of nail that down before you go to a dealership. The second thing I like to do is to actually take a step further and start communicating with dealerships about a potential offer and saying, you know, this is what I'm looking for. What's kind of your best offer to get me down there? And so I have these conversations over email with these dealerships to let them put their best foot forward. And their their dealerships are used to this now. They're used to consumers wanting to just communicate beforehand. And so nail down that price as much as possible before you walk into that dealership. With financing, you know, go to other sources, go to your bank, go to other lenders who might could provide uh, a good rate for you and have that uh, have that loan secured before you walk into that dealership. Secondly, know what your car's worth. Look it up on Blue Book. Understand what your trade-in value is going to be. At the end of the day, what could I take this to Craigslist with and sell it on the open market? And so know those numbers. And then once you're going in, once you go to the actual dealership, bring someone with you. So I made that mistake the first time. Then this is a chance for you to rely on someone else. Negotiate each of those factors separately. So start with the price, get that nailed down. Don't, they're going to want to talk to you about payments. They're going to want to talk to you about interest rates. Well, let's talk about why they want it. They want to talk about payments because most people just think, "Can I afford the payment?" Rather, than, and that's a way for them to charge a higher price because you can manipulate the payments. Yep. All right, let's talk about your everyday money tip because this is one that is near and dear to my heart as a busy mom and uh, someone that doesn't want to get suckered into buying stuff that I don't want. Do tell. Yeah, so my wife's the frugal one. Mrs. PT is super frugal. I'm the spender. So she's got all the cool money-saving ideas. And so one of the things she does is buy our groceries every week or every other week. And, you know, in the past, it's always been good advice to make a grocery list before you go to the grocery store, right? Because that way you won't pick up anything extra. You'll get exactly what you need. And you'll be able to maybe even price some things out beforehand. That's good advice. But I find that through the years, it's like we may do that in January for a couple of weeks. And then that kind of falls off, right? You're less diligent about that. So you end up just buying sort of random things at the grocery store every time you go. So one of the things we started doing is taking advantage of grocery pickup, right? So many folks are familiar with this, but this allows us to beforehand, before we go to the grocery store, use the online portals of Walmart, of Target, of Kroger, whoever, and pre-select all our items we want to buy. Walmart is free for this service. Some of the other grocery stores will charge you these days. It's a small fee though. And to me, it's worth it because you're selecting beforehand, before you're hungry, before you're walking the aisles, seeing the tempting things, you're seeing exactly what you need. And then you pop in your car in a scheduled time, you show up and you don't even have to go in the store. You keep your kids in the car, which is really cool for my wife. We have three kids. And then uh, you pay your fee if you're going to the one of the places to pay a fee or you're at Walmart and you pick it up for free. And then you head home knowing that you didn't buy anything extra uh, that you didn't need, and you saved some time because you're not wandering the stores, you know, picking up random things. Tell me more about FinCon because this is your how much? This is our eighth one. Eighth one, wow. Yep, and so it's an annual event and community, and our event will be this September 26th through 29th in Orlando, Florida. It'll be 2,000 money nerds like us sitting around talking about money, but also how we talk about money. So talk and shop, whether it's how to create better content, 
promote it better, or make money on our efforts. How has the business evolved? Because you've really grown. You've got a big, we're here, by the way, recording a podcast movement. You've got a lot of people here on your team, which is pretty impressive. About the third year, I decided I wanted to take it a little more seriously. And so I started looking for ways to add value to the attendees, things I had held off on before because I wanted to keep the pricing low on the tickets. So I just said, well, I can still have a low ticket, but now I can have a premium ticket and even a premium above that. So I looked for ways to add value for attendees that we could kind of build some margin in and and charge a higher price for. Secondly, was to create more of a true marketplace at the event where people are coming together to do business and, and to do deals, you know, and so for the ROI of the experience being face-to-face, you, for instance, meeting with brands at the event can turn into a podcast sponsorship. And so that's kind of what we want to create, a marketplace for that to happen at the event. And so the more we leaned into our Expo Hall experience, which we call FinCon Central now, to make that a bigger part of the event, the more value that sponsors and exhibitors saw and being a part of it. Where can people find you and learn more about FinCon and about you? Because you also have your own stuff going on. Sure. We're on the socials at FinCon or at FinCon Expo. And then our website is FinConExpo.com. And then me personally, I'm, I have my own blog and some podcasts I've done in the past, all at PTMoney.com. Awesome. Thank you, PT. Thanks, Bobby. There is a lot in what PT had to share with us, so much that we can all relate to. Financial grown-up tip number one, if you get into a bad situation, do not let your pride get in the way of fixing it. PT could have just accepted defeat and been under a mess of payments for years, but he did the hard thing and called his dad, and his dad was there for him. Financial grown-up tip number two, you may have noticed that in PT's money tip, some of the grocery services were free and some had a payment. There are times when free is not the best value, not saying it isn't in that case, but a well-run business is profitable, so they must make money somewhere. Give your business to the stores that work the best for your life, the store that executes better, that has delivery done on time, for example, and correctly may cost more, but be worth it. That cost may be in a fee or it may be in slightly higher prices, but look at the total picture. A quick word about PT's business, FinCon. It is happening in Orlando on September 26th to the 29th. If you are interested in coming, please come hear me speak on Wednesday at 1.30. I will be doing a joint presentation with my editor and producer, Steve Stewart. We'll be sharing the behind-the-scenes look into what went on when we launched the Financial Grown-Up Podcast and where we have come from those first episodes back in February of 2018. And we'll also have a lot of information about how you can get started podcasting if that is something that interests you. Make sure to let me know if you are coming so that we can connect in person. I'm going to leave a link to sign up for FinCon and learn more about it in the show notes. Those show notes are at bobbyrebell.com forward slash podcast forward slash PT money. Or you can just DM me on any of the social media channels and I will make sure that you get the right information. On Instagram, I am at bobbyrebell1 and on Twitter at bobbyrebell. And thank you to PT for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.